This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, greetings everybody. Let's get right into the Word of God. Uh, But before we do, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we do thank you so much for your grace and your goodness in each one of our lives. Father, we pray for families who are suffering uh, with the corona virus, COVID-19. And Father, we ask that you would wrap your loving arms around them, especially those families who have lost loved ones. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would do his comforting work in their lives. We also pray for those who have suffered through the tornado recently in our area. And we ask, Father, that you would be their provision. We ask, Father, that you would use the body of Christ as your hands and feet in their lives. And, Father, we thank you that you will do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we could ask or think. Father, we ask that you would meet needs today, both spoken and unspoken. We thank You that You're a prayer-answering God. And we thank You that You do all things well. We lift up the Lord Jesus Christ today. In Him we live and move and have our very being. And Father, we thank You for Jesus. We thank You for His grace. We thank You for His power. We thank You for His provision. We thank You for His pardon. And we thank You for His presence. Father, we thank You for Jesus Christ who rose from the dead with all power in His hand in heaven and on earth. We thank You for His shed blood on the cross that not only forgives us, but cleanses us from all sin. Father, as we get into Your Word today, we pray that You would open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things out of Your law. We give You all glory and honor and praise this day. In Jesus' name, Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. I'm praying for a supernatural experience as we get into the Word of God today. I'm not preaching a traditional sermon. Actually, it's part two of last week's sermon where we we talked on the subject, I'm just saying. And we looked at various topics, just things that have been on my mind. It's actually a testimonial sermon about what I've been thinking about as we've journeyed through this pandemic. And today we're going to talk about doctrine, we're going to talk about death, and we're going to talk about devotion to Jesus Christ. I think we need to talk about doctrine. And I've used that word doctrine, but really I'm going to be talking about getting into the Word of God and how good it is and profitable it is for us to be in the Word of God. I know that there have been periods during this pandemic. We haven't met for worship service since March, and there have been months where I haven't gotten into the Word of God besides preparing for a sermon like I should. I haven't spent personal time with God. And I want to encourage you as you're listening to this that it is so important for us to get into the Word of God. I want to exhort you and encourage you 
to attend Sunday school on Sunday mornings, either via Zoom or, or via conference call. I want to encourage you to grow and develop in your relationship with God, to mature in your relationship with God. I want to exhort you to be a part of the Wednesday night Bible study as we're journeying through the book of Revelation. But one passage of Scripture I think stands out amongst others when we talk about doctrine. I think there's one passage of Scripture in, in the New Testament that we can go to to see how important it is and how profitable it is for us to be in the Word of God. I remember uh, in college a person saying, seven days without being in the Word of God makes one week. No, not W-E-E-K, but W-E-A-K. Seven days without being in the Word of God makes one weak. And men and women, we don't want to be weak in Jesus. We don't want to be weak in our faith. And we don't want to be susceptible to the enemy's ploys because we have not taken in the Word of God. And so, here's the passage of Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, and it reads, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Did you hear that? The Scripture actually says that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. When we read this Word of God, we are not reading man's Word. We are reading the very words of God. And when we open up the Word of God, we have an encounter with the very God who created us. Many people walk around life thinking, well, if, if God could just tell me something, if God could give me direction, if God could tell me which way to go, to the right or to the left, what I'm saying is that the Bible is the Word of God that gives us that direction, that gives us the very words that God wants us to know. And men and women, this passage talks about just how profitable it is. Notice what it says again. It says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I just want to say just for a minute what those words mean and how we can apply those things to our lives and see the benefits of God's Word in our lives because many of us, many of us, our only intake of God's Word is a sermon on a Sunday morning. And I want to encourage you to use the Word of God as nourishment. To use the Word of God, as First Peter chapter 2 says, as the sincere, pure milk of the Word of God. To, to use the Word of God as meat. To use the Word of God as sustenance. To live on the very Word of God. And men and women, here's what it says, and I think it's important. There are two areas that each one of us need to grow in. And I know I need to grow in. One is belief, and the other is my behavior. One is the way I think, and the other is the way I do. One is who I am, and the other is how I live. 
And men and women, we need to work on our belief and our behavior. And so, notice this. It says, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for doctrine. And that is learning right belief. Doctrine is learning right belief. But not only does it say it's profitable for doctrine, but it says that it's profitable for reproof. Reproof is correcting wrong belief. Men and women, what God wants to do with the Word of God is to correct the wrong belief that we have with right belief. He wants us to correct our our, our wrong thinking to give us right thinking. And men and women... There, there are times in which we, we are sinful with the way we think because we're thinking wrong. And there are times when we are not faithful because we're thinking wrong. And there are times when we do the wrong thing because we're thinking wrong about that issue or that circumstance in our lives. So the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, learning right belief, and for reproof, correcting wrong belief. But not only that. It says that the Word of God is profitable for correction. And correction in this sense is correcting wrong behavior. There are things that we do that are wrong and there are things that we don't do that we should. And there are things that we neglect that we need to be a part of. There, there's the activity of our lives. There is this, this practical sense of, of living out our beliefs. And, and, and what the Word of God does is it takes that wrong behavior that we have and the goal is to correct it with right behavior. And see, the last phrase says, instruction in righteousness. Learning that right behavior. So the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. The Lord wants to focus on our belief and our behavior. And men and women, make no mistake. Make no mistake. Your beliefs will influence your behavior. If you believe wrong, you'll behave wrong. If you believe right, then you'll behave right. And the thing that I've been thinking about is the importance of daily intake into the Word of God so that I might live rightly. Seven days without being in the Word of God makes one weak. W-E-A-K. But not only have I been thinking about doctrine, I've been thinking about death. In the last couple of weeks... I've had uh, acquaintances, I've had friends who have died from COVID-19. I don't know about you, and, and, and I know that people die all the time. Uh, uh, death is, is one of the realities that we have in life. But it just seems like with this pandemic that there has been more death than usual. A uh, good friend of mine, Robert McPherson, uh, his wife Becky died. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. J.W. Gates, who was associated with Dr. Uh, Daniel Kaysen, Daniel and Gwen Kaysen and the Kids Center, lost his life to COVID. There are other individuals who you know and I know that, that have battled with COVID and lost their battle and gone home to be with the Lord. 
So more and more I've been thinking about death. More and more I've been thinking about what it means to live and to die. Not in a morbid sense. I'm not thinking about my own death. But, but there's, there's no getting away from thinking about death these days. And if we don't have a biblical way of thinking about death, it can lead us into despair. I've been thinking about it from a pastoral perspective. I've been thinking about what you've been thinking about and wondering, do I need to speak on death because quite possibly the members of, of our church and, and our extended faith family are thinking about death. And one of the things that Satan wants to do is to bring about despair, to bring about no hope and to to bring about uh, this sense of defeat and and this sense of of depression because because this this idea of pandemic and this idea of 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 covid-19 and and the coronavirus there's a certain amount of fear associated with that, with this but there are several verses in the scriptures that deal with death that give me a framework a biblical framework of how I should be thinking about death. And I hope that it blesses you. It's just been on my heart. And so there are three. The first is found in Romans chapter 14, verse 8. And it says, For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Did you hear that? Uh, Paul is telling the Romans and giving them an eternal perspective. And he says, for the Christian, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. Now, this idea of belonging to the Lord is so important. It gives you an idea that the people who are a part of our lives, our friends and our family members, don't belong to us. And when they die, it is not that God is taking them away from us. They never belong to us. And not only do our friends and family not belong to us, we are not our own. We didn't make our lives. We are not our own creators. We didn't initiate our lives. Our lives belong to the Lord. Romans chapter 14 verse 8 says, If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So if we live or if we die, we belong to the Lord. But not only that. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21, it's a very familiar verse. Uh, Paul is speaking to the Philippians as he is in jail, as he writes to them about joy, and he writes to them about the gospel. He says, For me to live is Christ." But to die is gain. Let me say that again. Paul says to the Philippians, For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Men and women, how can dying be a gain? He is saying, For me to live, I can preach the gospel to you. I can tell you about Jesus. I can exhort you to walk with Him. I can disciple you in His name. I can lift up the name of Jesus and give Him glory. But if I die, that means I see Him face to face. That means I am immediately in the presence of the Lord. He wrote one uh, uh, somewhere else in, in the Scriptures. He said, To be absent from this body is to be present from with the Lord. 
And men and women, as soon as we take our last breath here on earth, we initiate that new life in the presence of God in heaven. Death is like a doorway. Death is this pathway. And men and women, if Jesus does not come back in our own lifetimes, all of our deaths will be a pathway either to eternal life or to eternal death. And the last verse I'd like to share with you about death is Revelation chapter 14, verse 13. John says, For to me, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Men and women, the Word of God says that God told John to write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Men and women, from from the heavenly perspective, from God's perspective, if you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed! Do you know that the Word of God says that if an individual knows Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord and they die, they are called blessed. I know it's hard to take. I know it's a paradigm shift. I know that we don't think of it that way. But notice how comforting this is. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works will follow them. Did you catch this? Romans chapter 14 verse 13 talks about how we belong to the Lord. Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 talks about how death is gain. And then Revelation 14:13 says blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. I'm asking the Lord to give me a biblical perspective of death so that I am not overcome by my sorrow, overcome by depression, overcome by the thought that this loved one is gone and I I, I won't see them anymore. No, I will see them if they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so men and women, I've been thinking about doctrine. How important it is to get into the Word of God. I've been thinking about death. But not only that, I've been thinking about devotion. I've been thinking about my personal devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-5 through says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Men and women, I've been thinking about devotion. And devotion with regard to this passage here that says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are spiritual. I don't know about you, but in the last few weeks, uh, dare I say the last few months, I have noticed 
either in conversations with individuals or people who have told me about circumstances and situations in their lives or or situations in my own family, the reality of spiritual warfare, the reality of, of the atmosphere changing because of the spiritual condition either of myself or who I'm dealing with. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there is a an, an atmosphere, there is a a a, a uh, uh, an environment where where the Lord Jesus does not reign, and if you're a believer, there is tension there because of the spiritual warfare. I experienced it this past week with one of the teams that I coached, and I couldn't understand why uh, uh, the the players were at odds with one another, and everything that we did was a struggle, struggle, and everybody complained, and and the only thing that we could agree on was this was the worst practice that we had had all season long and 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 individuals didn't want to come to the next practice and and I had to tell some folks no you are going to come to practice but I had the good sense enough to pray before the practice and ask God to do something for the before the next practice and and to give me a wisdom and guidance as, as to how I should deal with players and and the Lord gave me a word and the Lord gave me a strategy and the Lord told me what to do. So before we we even got into drills and before we got into the meat of the practice, for the first 30 minutes, all we did was work on team building. We talked about encouraging things and encouraging one another. We talked about how we couldn't fight against the team that we were playing and fight for victory if we were fighting against ourselves. We talked about how we needed to be a team and that individuals weren't the most important thing. We talked about team building. And men and women is much like Jesus as he related to his disciples. In many cases, they would fight with one another. They would bicker about who would sit on his right hand and who would sit on his left hand. They, they, they would argue about who would be the one who, who, who would, uh, have prominence and be seen and, 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 and get recognition. And, and it's much like the church. And men and women, we need to recognize spiritual warfare. We need to recognize spiritual warfare in our marriages. We need to recognize spiritual warfare in our parenting. We need to recognize spiritual warfare on our jobs. We need to recognize spiritual warfare in the church. And men and women, I have recognized that my personal devotional life, my personal time with God, my prayer life, by looking to Him for my strength, my acknowledging Him as my Savior and Lord, acknowledging that He is the one to get the glory, acknowledging that He is the one to fight my battles, acknowledging that He is my source of strength, acknowledging that Jesus Christ is preeminent in every area of my life. Listen to these verses. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. Listen to this. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, 
I say rejoice. Listen to this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Listen to this verse. Whatever is things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is anything virtuous, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It is our devotional life. It is, it is our devotional life. It is our focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ that changes the atmosphere. Many of us don't know why we're fighting against loved ones. Many of us don't know why we have all of this turmoil on the job. Many of us don't realize that the main thing is that it's spiritual. That our fight isn't against flesh and blood. Our fight isn't against a person. Our fight isn't against those around us. Our fight isn't against leadership. Our fight isn't against the church. No, it is spiritual warfare. Our fight isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Men and women, I've just been thinking about that. Maybe you have been thinking about it as well. Maybe you have been thinking about doctrine. Maybe you need a word from the Lord. Well, my word from the Lord for you today is to get into the Word. My word is for you to uh, dive deep into the Word. My word for you is to seek a word in His Word. And not only that, it could be that you're worried about death. Not only are you worried about death amongst your family members and friends, co-workers, those around you, but this pandemic has caused you to worry about your own death. You've worried about what, where you would spend eternity. You're worried about whether or not you would, would go to heaven if you die. Or it could be that you've had a lack of devotion. Men and women, all of those go together. And if you are worried about death today, if you are worried about what will happen to you when you die, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Though you were dead, yet shall you live. Men and women, He gives eternal life to all of those who trust Him. The Word of God says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. The Word of God says that Jesus is the answer. The Word of God says that you need to run to Jesus if you're afraid of death. Men and women, years ago, I received Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and Lord because I was afraid of going to hell. Because, men and women, some of us run to Jesus because of His love. Some of us run to Jesus because we hear the message, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. But there are those who are like me who run to Jesus not because of the love of God. I learned about that later on. I ran to Jesus because somebody asked me, if you were to die tonight, are you certain that you would go to heaven? And men and women, I couldn't say I was certain. 
I couldn't say that I would go to heaven with 100%. I thought my good works outweighed my bad works, but the person who shared with me said, that is not the, the litmus test. That is not the, the, the measuring stick. That is not the scale. And so I asked, well, what is? They said, faith in Jesus Christ because He pays the penalty for all of your sin. Faith in Jesus Christ because He comes into your life and gives you new life. Faith in Jesus Christ because He takes this old raggedy life of yours and gives you a brand new life. I couldn't explain it. I didn't fully understand it. If you want to receive Jesus Christ in your life today, if you want to receive Jesus Christ into your life today and to receive that eternal life that He offers, you can simply pray, Lord Jesus, I need You. Thank You for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive You as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. I pray that you would pray that prayer. Receive Christ into your life and get the eternal life that He offers. Doctrine, death, <laughs> and devotion. Three things I've been thinking about. I hope that you think about those things this week as well. In Jesus' name, amen. We are hard and committed.